welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Abel. Out of interest, because I'm following on, how many of you were able to be here last week on Sunday morning? Can't really tell. Could you raise your hands really high? Thank you very much. Okay, so about half, actually. Okay, so very briefly... A different kind of talk, because it wasn't a talk really. It was uh, a drama acted out. Just not actually what happened accurately, but to show Jesus and the people that he met and the way he accepted them and loved them. Uh, And then they followed him. And it was powerful because each person he met standing or sitting here was Levi, who became known as Matthew. Matthew was sitting at his tax desk. And we were reminded that tax collectors were absolutely reviled. They weren't just collecting taxes for the people to enable good works to happen. They were collecting money for the enemy, the Romans, the occupying force. So they were hated. Zacchaeus up a tree, he was chief of the tax collectors, and uh, it makes a point of mentioning how wealthy he was. He was wealthy because he had extorted money from people that he shouldn't have. And yet Jesus says to him, let's go to your house. Let's have a meal. Let's which for then was a really important symbol of coming into covenant with. And then many of the different people, the lady by the well who felt that nobody would accept her, the lady caught in adultery who knew she was caught in shame and he protected her from being stoned in judgment by saying, well, the one who hasn't got any sin, you can be the first to cast the stone. And of course, as we would too, everybody realized oh, that, That's me, yeah. The only person present that was without sin was Jesus. And he certainly chose not to. I can't go through every person again, but um, the key thing really was just seeing that connection with Jesus because when he looks at us, he so often does not see what we see of ourselves. He sees this amazing creation that he made. It may be broken, it may be stained, it may have been messed up, but he sees it restored, because in him we are restored. And if today's about remembrance and reconciliation, and and that presentation during the two-minute silence was one I did last year, and it had all those one another statements, you know, of um, loving one another, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, caring for one another, all those powerful statements. But they can feel overwhelming in in the context of daily reconciliation with one another, even if we know we're reconciled with God. So how do we walk in that kind of a love? How can we... Because the reason for acting that out last week was to create a visual impression of the way of Jesus. Because he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we so often focus on all the thinking and all the words and all the understanding. 
And so last week was a real opportunity just to look at the action. And the action was to sit next to, to get down with, to lift up. The woman that was bent over was able to straighten in God's presence. The man that was paralyzed completely and utterly because of the presence of Jesus, not only was he able to walk again, but actually we, lo- we can lose the significance that he knew he was forgiven. And in knowing he was forgiven, that meant he was no longer paralyzed. So, this morning, in looking at the way, I also do want to tie it in with some of the truth that Jesus says about us as we follow in the way. Because if we try to follow Jesus in our own understanding, we're going to crash badly. We're going to find it very, very hard. There's no way to do it. You've got to know what the truth is about yourself, as well as what the truth is about Jesus. Because without knowing the truth about ourselves, in terms of what God says about us, we cannot live in the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life, said Jesus. No one comes to the Father. No one is able to form an intimate bond in relationship with the Father except through me, says Jesus. And the through him is the way, the truth, and the life. It's not just about knowing it. It's not just about reading it. It's not just about studying it. It's not just about having absolutely fabulous times of worship like we just did. But there's also a knowing. I've got to trust God what he says about me because actually he knows me better than I understand myself. My understanding of me can leave me depressed. I don't know about you. I'm not joking. I'm being serious. If I, if I, if I try and understand all my motives and what I'm going through and how I'm feeling that day, I just end up really quite miserable most of the time because I don't know about you, I don't live 100% perfect. So I want to know what Jesus says because he is 100% perfect. Now if I can rest in that identity, I will then live in this new life and be able to live this way. Even when it looks like everything doesn't match up, I will be able to come back to the truth. So in the same way Jesus said, I am, meaning I am God, and he said, I am the way, this morning we're going to learn some I ams about ourselves. Not that we are God, but we are in God, and God is in us. And that is incredibly amazing. I don't mean unbelievably amazing, but it's just amazing. And as so many of you uh, weren't able to be here last week. We can't redo that drama. So many people have said to me it, it so powerfully hit them. Uh, so we're gonna, well, what I'm going to do is just play one of the songs that we're playing while the song was happening um, because I think it's, uh, it's a powerful song. The, the, the lady has an emotional voice and the, and the music is emotional. And engaging with the truth doesn't just require intellect, it requires feeling. You can't just have a cold approach to the truth. It will do nothing. That's like why the motto of kingdom faith is faith working through love. You can't, if you have just faith, it's horrible. It's cold. It's, it's, it's harsh. Faith without love is ugh. If it's all love, it's just like a mushy puddle. It won't achieve anything. You need faith and love. So we need the truth about ourselves and how God loves us and sees us 
and we need to learn to say, God is right and I'm not. When my opinion is different to God's opinion, I'm really rather better off listening to him. Because my opinion can depend on what I had for dinner that night and what covering was on the pizza. So let's listen to this song, because the song is called You Say. It's about what God says to us. Can we do that song, please? Praise God. That, that song and the other one from Casting Crowns, the um, I'm just a nobody that wants to tell everybody about the somebody that saved my soul. I haven't been able to get either of those out of my head. I just keep singing them. But the one about the I'm just a nobody, I mean, that matches up with what Jesus teaches us, that apart from him, we're nothing. But if we just go around thinking we're nothing, we're just a very depressed bunch of people. We're nothing in ourselves, but boy, what are we in Jesus? You know, and this is so important that we focus on that bit because then we can truly say, actually, I'm just a nobody. I love the line in that other song that says, I'm just um, a faithful member of the family. You know, that's what I want to be known as, as a faithful member of the family. It's something like that. It's very close to that. It's another powerful song, but, but, but to do that, I want to just tell somebody, I want to tell everybody about the somebody, you've got to know who you are. You've got to know, actually, that as a nobody in self, actually, who you are in Christ is amazing. And it's not bad news that you are a nobody in just yourself, because if you think about it, you, you know you're not that great. And actually what God says, yeah, well, all that feeling about not being great, not, not getting it right, there's a sense of that, that, that you know, that's, that's correct if you're just left in your own mess, but that's not who you truly are. And even when you are that nobody, it's not, when, you're in, when God talks of you being nothing apart from him, don't forget that the price he paid for nothing was the death of Jesus Christ. So you were a very expensive nothing. You're a greatly valued nothing. It's just that there is no value without that restoration because without that, it's hard to do everything that God has for you and to live the life God has for you. And so it's, uh, uh, the, the last week was very simple. This week is going to be really, really simple. I don't have anything in, in depth. I'm just going to give you a few I ams for you to say over yourself. Even if you think, I'm not sure whether I believe that, then you need to stand with Lauren Daigle and just sing it, I believe. And you just sing it and you say it until the feelings come into line with truth in that case. And even if you feel it, then you still say it because words are powerful. When you see, say these words, you will be sowing good seed into your life that will bring a harvest. You, we have to open up the word. Um, I was thinking of this. This is, this, this is what I came up with just because... I seem to be doing pictures at the moment. This is very weird. I've got my uh, uh, Nisia holidays bag here from when I'm on holiday in Greece. And I was just thinking, you know, that God, it, God gives us so much to, well, he describes it as eat in the word. It feeds us, you know. And I, I, sometimes it's like this when someone gives us a gift. Let's, let's imagine... Actually, if it was from Joanne, I was going to pick you, Joanne, but if it was from you, it would look a lot better than this because she does presents well, and it would be sparkly and really well-wrapped. But 
if I could just give you that for a minute. And then, uh, Joanne, could you give me a satsuma, please? Just give me the bag. Oh, yeah. of course. OK, now in there is a satsuma. You, you, you might not believe it. You might not trust me. You might think I'm going to pull a fast one. Uh, but Joanne has actually given me a satsuma. Now, satsumas, unless you don't like them, are great to eat. They're going to nourish you. They're going to give you vitamins. They're good for you, aren't they? Yeah. Just like the Word of God. But really, the Word of God comes in a package. Yours might be on a phone. There's a few over there in packages on that shelf. They don't do you any good on that shelf. They don't do you any good on the shelf in your home. They don't do you any good, even if you've got the most whizzy uh, singing uh, Bible app on your phone. It doesn't matter if you don't actually ever look in that phone and read it, does it? And a lot of God's truth is like that. You've really got to, first of all, just take it out of the bag. But of course, even when you start taking it out of the bag, that's a bit like just reading it. It's, you, you're still not really feeding on it. And you really have to start to explore a word. And it's not just about getting out loads of dictionaries and Bible commentaries and things like that, although that is a wonderful thing to do. It's also just saying, Holy Spirit, show me what you're saying to me. How does this change my life? What are you saying? You nearly need to open the box, not just leave the word there on the page. You've got to do something with it. Aha! I wasn't messing. There really is one in there. Satsuma tangerine thingy. Now, this is also great, but it's still not actually edible yet, is it? And this is also like God's Word. Even if you've opened your Bible, even if you're reading it, even if you're thinking about it, you've actually really got to get in there and meditate on it. Meditating means thinking about it in God's presence. That's basically what meditation is. It's just asking the Holy Spirit to show you something in this Scripture that really applies to you, because that's how it feeds you. It doesn't feed you just by being read. It's the Word and the Spirit together that feeds you. So the Word and the Spirit together is taking off the hard wrapping of words on a page and then becoming digestible for you to actually then think about, chew on, um, um, and really enjoy Quite hard to speak you now. My mum told me you should never eat with your mouth full. <laughs> mm. She didn't say don't preach with your mouth full, that's fine. Oh, it's nice. We just have a short break. Actually, this is really nice. Well, the thing is, I could share it, but you know, sometimes we're so eager to give everything away, we really just need to chew on the word not rush off to the next appointment. So it's not selfish to spend time in God's Word, you know. Well, unless you're neglecting everything, that's another story, but not many of us do that, let's be fair. Only if you spend eight hours in Bible study yesterday. That's fine then. Mm. Oh. Mm. I wasn't going to eat all of it, but it's so nice. Actually, I'll give a few pieces out. Go on, I will. As, as you ask for a piece. I'm running out at Claire. Sorry, Ron. Sorry, Deborah. Sorry, Joanne. Sorry if you sat at the back, but, you know, in the same way you don't get the fullness of the anointing back there, you don't get the tangerine, the satsuma either. 
Let's just have a look at a few I am's. And we're going to meditate on them a little bit. So that's not doing a huge study on them. It's really just putting them in contact. Well, we'll come to some of the ones in the song. Let's just add a couple of others in there as well. Because <coughs> we can actually say, you say this about me. You say I am. Okay? Here's the first one. I can say this. You say, I am complete in you. Now, how many of us feel inadequate, like we haven't got enough, like we can't get to the end of what God wants us to do, that it's a little bit too hard, that we haven't got the words to say, that if we do that, I'll lose my confidence on the way, I haven't got the anointing, I'm not a good enough leader, I can't play my instrument well enough, I can't speak well enough, if I made coffee in the hub, it wouldn't be good enough. How many have ever done something like that? This is, this, this is the antidote. You say, I am complete in you. And now I'd recommend if you're, at, if, you, if, if you're here today, if you're not here today, you can't hear the recommendations. So, but I am complete in you. I'd write that down somewhere right now, even if it's on your phone in a notes app or something. Just write it down because you, you will forget it by Tuesday. Or you could take this away now and just say, I'm going to say this to myself every day. Because this is actually what God says about me. You might not feel very complete. I have days where I feel very incomplete. But I come back to God and say, you say, I am complete in you. Go on, I dare you. Write it down. Put it in your phone app. Don't think you'll remember it. You won't. How many meetings have you ever been in and somebody says something great? You know, not just ones like this. You're just with friends. You think, oh, I'll always remember that. Come Tuesday, it's gone. I am complete. Let's have a look where it comes from, because that's always useful to do. Colossians 2, verse 10. It simply says, For he is the complete fullness of deity, living in human form. Okay, well, that's a bit easier to, to, uh, un, to believe, isn't it? That Jesus, yes, that he is. For Jesus is the complete fullness of God in human form. Yeah, that's all right, because that's about Jesus. I can believe he's complete. But the next verse then says, and our own completeness is now found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. Listen, let's eat that satsuma. I am complete in you. Not just I'm well-rounded, complete. You have everything you need for everything God ever asked you to do already. It may be wrapped up. It might be in a tatty holiday bag or a smartish-looking box or you've got down to the actual fruit wrapper, but you've got it. I am complete in you. You have everything. With all th this is why it says with all things God are possible. It's not that just that God's going to appear in some kind of dazzling glory as you're, as you're doing it and there's going to be a sort of, ah! you know, as angels form around you and enable you to do whatever it is you were going to do. That's not going to happen. You probably weren't expecting it was. Though sometimes I think people think that's what it means. In your normal daily life of things being good and things not being so good, 
You are complete. You have what you need to do what he's called you to do. If you're a dad, you have what you need to do to be an awesome dad. If you are a wife, you have what you need to be a fabulously anointed wife of God. If you are a house church leader, you have what you need. Not someday you might, or someday you might all be sat around the gas fire and the angels will fill the room and it will be just like, do you remember that time? It's just in that ordinary Wednesday night meeting or whenever you meet and you start to talk to one another. You have all that you need. I don't feel like it. No, we quite often don't. But the only way to change that is for the seed to grow. And how does a seed grow? It has to be looked after, either by nature or by a person. It has to be watered. It needs nutrients for the soil so that it will grow. But you have it. You have it. It's there. So, how do you deal with that? Well, you take it like medicine. You take it like pills. You take it every day. You take it as prescribed, which is every day in this case. Say, I am. Or you can add the you say if you prefer to emphasize that it's God that says it about you. I am complete in you. Or say, I am complete in Jesus if you prefer. It's the same truth. Why don't you say it now? I'll, 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 I'll count you in just so you can all do it together and no one's embarrassed, but you're thinking, oh, is this just a game? No, this is not a game, actually. This is really serious. This is about actually speaking truth over our lives, even when we don't feel like it. I love it when I feel like it. It's really good when I feel like it. I like to feel like it, but sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't feel like preaching. But I don't not preach because I don't feel like it because I know that's what God wants me to do. Oh, assuming it is me that morning. It'd be rather a sad circumstance as every Sunday we never really knew whether we were going to get a sermon or not because it depended on what the pastor felt like. Sometimes I've preached from here feeling dreadful, mentally or physically. It doesn't matter. I do it because I'm complete in him. Something will happen. And it always does, by his grace and his mercy. Usually the biggest thing that stops me from standing here and wanting to speak the word is I know I've really messed up big during the week. And you think, I can't stand in front of everybody. What a flipping hypocrite. And God says, yes, you are. Because it's my mercy and my grace that enables you, whether you're on form or not. Whether you've had a good week or a bad week, you do what I've told you, son. So I do. But that's what we've got to do with all of our, our life. Because actually, then the, the rebellious bits of us that don't like it actually do come into line with actually what our spirit inside us really wants. You remember, we are body, soul, and spirit. And our spirit is in connection with God. That's what came alive when you were born again. I'm a new creation. So, I'm going to count you in. Bless you. You just wanted extra blessing, didn't you, Andy? I'll count you in one, two, three, and then you can say, 
I am complete in you. You're speaking to God, obviously. Ready? One, two, three. And now turn to the person next to you and say, I am complete in him. Hallelujah. Here's another one. This one, this one, it almost makes you sound heretical. It also make, nearly makes you sound very dodgy, actually. This is another great thing that Jesus spoke. He, he spoke this uh, while he was speaking on the hillside to a, lot, a huge group of people. So he wasn't like picking out a particularly elite squad. He was saying it to everybody. And it's a word that's been recorded in Matthew's gospel for everyone through all time. So this is what he said. You are, or you say to me, I am the light of the world. That's Jesus. That's a bit, are you saying, I'm saying I'm God? No, I'm telling you to say what Jesus says over yourself. Let's read the passage, or I'll read it to you. This is Jesus talking to everybody sat on the hillside. You are the light of the world. That's fairly specific. Your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance, for how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Did you wake up this morning saying, I am the light of the world. Scarborough is blessed. Probably won't help if you do it with that attitude, but you are the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world, but he then told everyone, you are the light of the world. Your smile, your sense of humor, your capacity to think deeply, the way you encourage people, your presence, your jokes? Some of you. <laughs> no, I am the light. You are the light of the world. Now, sometimes I think we do try and hide that light in obscure places, and we forget that we're on a hill and think we're hiding in a ditch. But the truth remains, you are the light of the world. That's another good one to take every day. It helps with the attitude, especially if we're feeling... You know, so many people in this congregation, we really struggle with very negative thoughts because we've had so much done to us. You know, some of you have been through some really, keep it polite, Paul, horrible situations. And that speaks to you. And it can speak loudly and, you can, and it's very easy to listen to. And I'm not telling you to pull yourself by your, up by your bootstraps or put your boots on stronger or pull your socks up. I'm just saying, speak the word. Listen to the truth until the truth changes the way you feel as the way as in, and brings it into line with the way that you are. You're not speaking it to make this happen. This is already true. In that job you have, you are the light of the world. When you're in Lidl, you are the light of the world. 
When you're on the street, you are the light of the world. When you're in college, you are the light of the world. When you're at home with the children, you are the light of the world. When you're in this building, you are the light of the world. And it should make us just stand up a little bit taller and realize, well, God says that about me. I'm not talking about acquiring a strutting, proud attitude, but I am talking about lifting your head up and realizing, hang on a minute, if God says I'm the light of the world, he thinks I'm all right. He really does. And as the light of the world, then we bring glory to God. As the misery of the pit, we don't so much. But as the light of the world, we do. I speak personally. I used to be, by the grace of God, I don't do it as much now, but I used to be excellent at sulking. Brilliant at it. Ask Sally, she worked with me years ago. I, I, was, I had it down to a T. I could look spiritual and lovely and be sulking all at the same time. <laughs> and God's done quite a number on me over the years to get me out of that. So, okay, I'll give you a one, two, three, and then you can say, I am the light of the world. First, you're going to say it to yourself, and then we're going to turn and say it to somebody else. All right? One, two, three. I am the light of the world. Awesome. I've even believed some of you. <laughs> but it's true. It's not me that has to believe it. God believes it. And that will change your belief. Turn to the person next to you and say, I am the light of the world. Should make you feel brilliant. I mean, look, Robin over here. He's the light of the world. He's got some more satsumas, everybody. That's a really practical application follow-up to the word. Is that why you nipped out while I was talking? <laughs> you are hilarious. I love you, Robin. <laughs> what are we going to do? Give him out. I'll, I'll let you pick. Pick a few to give a satsuma to, to munch while I'm speaking. They're mine. Okay, thank you. Praise God. Robin, would you give these away for me? Because <laughs> I've already eaten one one. No, just, just give a few out. Just, just pick a few totally at, on purpose, the ones you like. <laughs> no, no, I mean at random. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Robin, he's really regretting doing that now. <laughs> Write that one down. I am the light of the world. And say it over yourself every day. <laughs> that's shine like a satsuma. Orange. No, that's Donald Trump. Now, <laughs> the next one. This is good too, because so often I don't think it, especially when I've been messing up. This one is just very, very simple. I am loved by God. It's a good one, isn't it? It's so simple. I told you this morning, there's no, there's no MA theology here this morning. This is just God's word, let's eat it. Like satsumas. Hallelujah. Are you munching your satsuma? Come on, you've got to follow the word up practically. <laughs> Unless you're allergic to them. <laughs> Here's the, here, I mean, there's lots of places you can get this from. Here's just one. This is from the letter to the Ephesians. God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. Actually, 
I am loved greatly by God would be even more true. This is no weak, wishy, pansy, tele-advert type of love. This is not I love tomatoes. This is I will die on a cross love for you. This is I will do anything that's necessary for you, love. This is amazing love, like amazing grace. God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead and doomed in our sins, that's the Passion Translation for you, united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. Even when we were dead and doomed. (laughs) I've never heard it put like that before. I quite liked it. You were dead and doomed, people. But even when we were, even when we were enemies of God, as it says in another place, he was there loving us. And now most of you in this room, I think, have probably said yes to Jesus. Do you think he stopped loving you? Stop it. Never should let these Normans sit together. (laughs) Come on then. I'll give a one, two, three, and then it's, I am loved by God. Oh, actually, no, let's make it, I am greatly loved by God. Yeah? One, two, three. I am greatly loved by God. Yeah, awesome. Now, you're going to turn to somebody, but this time, you're going to take it in turns, because I want you to look at them and make sure you believe, or at least trying to believe, if you're not quite there yet today, what you're saying about yourself. And when the other person says it to you, say, yes, you are. All right? I know it's getting more and more difficult. (laughs) But is it really? No, it's just like taking a pill. But it's a lot better than a pill because this works. Okay, I am greatly loved by God. One, two, three. Yeah, that was the one, sorry, that was the one to yourself. The instructions have been confusing. (laughs) Let's start again, and we get to say it all the more. All right, this one is just the one you say to yourself. This is like what you're going to do at home when you look at the list that you've written down from this morning. This is, I mean, this is really simple stuff. I tell you what, this is life-changing stuff if we actually dare to do it. So, this is the one, two, three for the saying to self. One, two, three. Yeah, you sound like an Anglican congregation. Not that there's anything wrong with being an Anglican congregation, but you know when they get out their books and they go through their liturgical service, we are gathered here today. (laughs) We are not so worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs. That's what you sound like. So you're going to say it like with passion this time, all right? Because it's worth being passionate. Even if you don't feel it, just act. (laughs) <laughs> One, two, three. I am Actually, that was really good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> awesome. Well, now you've got to tell each other. Off you go. <laughs> Not in a silly voice. <laughs> I wonder if you remember to say, you are. Right. What about the ones in that song? She said about, you say I am strong. Is that true? 
Let's have a look. This is scripture from 2 Corinthians. So I am not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. What? This is my notebook. I don't know why I'm doing that. It's not a Bible. but So I am not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, when I am surrounded with troubles on every side, I'm feeling encouraged. <laughs> oh, Paul the Apostle, you're such an encouragement. I'll start again because it's, you know. So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, when I am surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For when my weakness becomes a port for my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. For when I am weak, I am strong. The last bit was the NIV, the rest was the Passion Translation. Yes, when you're weak, you are strong. That's like total nonsense, isn't it? Except it's not. Because when you're weak in self is when we rely on God. We're, we're, one of the easiest ways to relate it to is if you're an amazing worship leader. That's the pose, isn't it? You've got to have that foot like that and that foot like that. I think that must be compulsory. Do you, do you bend your knees slightly, Pete? Yeah. For real, yeah. I, I don't know why. It's a suit today, so... I'm not really equipped. This is the new, this is the new style of worship leader. Uh, and I also don't have an instrument, which is kind of odd. But air guitar worship is great. It doesn't hurt your ears. But um, it's, it's easy. If, if you get good at it, if you get good with your instrument and you're, and you're, well, you're, you know, and you've learned to flow with a group of people, you can get away with just running on experience. Because you're strong in your own ability and experience. And that's what it will tank. That's what it will go down the tubes. It doesn't happen straight away because God's amazingly gracious to anybody. But you can carry on because you know what to do. But what doesn't happen is out there, people are not, st they're not starting to uh, come under that anointing in the way they used to. Because you've stepped out from saying, I can't do this, to... Actually, I can do this, and God will bless it. So dangerous. It's the same with preaching, to be honest. The more, the more you speak, the more you can feel okay about speaking rather than nervous. One of the strongest places to preach from is feeling absolutely nervous and really quite fearful. Fear is awesome. Fear is when we're really weak and it becomes our greatest strength because we can only do it in God. That's why it says fear God. If you fear God, you will be at your real strongest because you will be in awe of him, in respect of him. Fear is turned in the world and, the, and, and things we have into a, debilitate, a debilitating, is that the right word? Something like that, thing to have and it restricts us. But actually fear can enable us if we can discover the strength we therefore have in God. But actually that then applies to everything we try and do. If you ever think, oh, it's fine, I can do this, stop. Remind yourself that you cannot. When it says, I can do all things in Christ, it actually means do all things in Christ, not just the ones that are difficult. 
You truly are strong in Christ. You say, I am strong when I feel I am weak, is what we're going for. I feel strong. Or, I am strong. Let's make it really simple. I am strong. And you say, oh, I need to add in Christ. Well, you don't really. We all know what we mean. That's just words. I like in that passage, actually, where it says, I am not defeated. I think that's good to remember. I mean, Paul at these times was being beaten up and stoned to death. Yeah, he was, actually. Find it. Go on. See if you can find it. I mean, he started his life with being lowered out of a town in a basket. That doesn't sound that great victorious, so he could get away without being killed. That's a great way to start early ministry, escaping in a basket. I am not defeated, I am strong. But we're going to focus on the I am strong. You can write that I am not defeated down as well, if you like. I have a bonus one. You know, a last respite, bonus truth. I am strong. In fact, let's do both together when you, talk, when you say it to yourself now. So this is the one to yourself. Funny voices outlawed, but say it with passion. I am strong, I am not defeated. Are you ready? Yep. One, two, three. Awesome. Now you can say it to the other person, and when they say it to you, say, you are. Praise God. I hope you're getting your English right, because if they're saying to you, I am strong, I am not defeated, you don't just say you are, because that's unfortunate. How about... In the thing, in the song, Lauren says, I am held or hugged. Does God say, I hug you? What do you think? I couldn't find the word hug. I'll give you that. But I did find this. And it's good, this, because it reminds us that there's more to God than meets the eye. Because we think God our Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God as a mother. God the mother. <laughs> oh. <laughs> comforts her child. So I will comfort you. As a mother comforts her child. So I will comfort you. Well, I have never seen a mother comfort a child by saying, come on up yet. Or at distance. How do you comfort a child? You pick them up, don't you? You hug them. As you comfort a child, so I will comfort you. God does hug you. I mean, he's not physically present. That's why in the drama last week, last week I hugged everyone. Because that's what God does. He's not distant and remote. When the father, in the story that we call the prodigal son, was, he didn't, he didn't go and sit in the pigsty with his son, but he was watching for him to return. And when he got to that edge of that village, the father ran towards him and threw his arms around him, which was totally against the culture of what, how he should behave. He should have been judging the son, not letting the son back. It, it shouldn't have gone well. But Jesus said, that's not how God the father is. So, 
How do you want to do this one? I am held. I am hugged. You can choose. I'll give you a one, two, three. One, two, three. And then tell the other person. Beautiful scripture. It's Isaiah 66, 13, if you want to look it up yourself. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. This is the last one. Although, actually, it's got a few in there. This is the one in the song that says, I belong. I belong to Christ. 1 Corinthians 3.23 literally says, and you belong to Christ. That's fairly blunt, fairly straightforward. Don't do a, need to do a lot of analysis on that one. And you belong to Christ. It's very easy for people to think that applies to everybody else, but you're not that special. And you belong to Christ, except Frida in Scarborough in 2019. She is going to be the exception in all of Scripture, because she had a nasty thought on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and last year, all year. It's not there. You belong to Christ. It's not about you, it's about him. That's why you belong. You can't change that. Let's just uh, look at another one, also from Isaiah. This is where we get a couple of I am, another, another couple of I am's, but this is from... Uh, Isaiah 43, but now, this is what the Lord says who created you, who formed you. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. You belong to God. He says, you are mine. I am redeemed. I am called. I belong to Christ. Amen? Um, so, you're going to do a one, two, three. You can do all three of them this time. I am redeemed. I am called. I belong to Christ. Is that all right? One, two, three. I am redeemed. I am called. I belong to Christ. Awesome. You went back to being Anglicans then, but that's okay. Now, <laughs> turn to the uh, person next to you and say the same things. Hallelujah. If you're not sure what redeemed means, and that's not a word we use that often, is it? Redeemed means to be bought. That's what it literally means. It means Christ has paid the price for you. God has paid the price for you. you that's why you belong to him, actually. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know if you've got all those written down. I am complete in you. I am the light of the world. I am loved by God. I am strong, I am not defeated, I am held, I am redeemed, I am called, I belong to Christ. Now there's loads and loads and loads you could take, but if you just took those and started saying those over your life every day, because you're sowing seed, it will help you to change. It will, it just, it works. The usual reason it doesn't work is because people stop. If you stop taking penicillin before the end of the course, the infection can reoccur. And it's like that with the Word of God. It's not dealing with infections, but it, it kind of is. You have to keep taking it. 
Don't just think, oh, I'm better now. You can change what word you are speaking, but actually I recommend just going with those for a while. I mean, you can add others. Find a few other I am's. Just go through the Bible. Another great one in there is, I am healed. That's another really good one. You can find that's in there too. That's a great one when you are feeling sick or diseased or whatever. I am healed. You can go the whole length and say, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus or by the wounds of Jesus. It's from Isaiah. You can find it in there. I'm not telling you where. Go and have an expiration if you don't know where. Just find a few. A few more I ams because they're true of you. If he is your healer, you are healed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Why have we done this this morning? Because the call upon us, we've just said I am called, is huge. It's supposed to be. It's too much. But if we remember the truth, we will be able to walk in the way. If we follow in the way, we'll be able to walk in the truth so that we can live in this life. It's a very simple message I know today, but it, it, it's, it's so good if we actually do it, you know. It will help us to overcome all the other stuff. I think uh, we'll, we'll, we'll finish. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.